I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. What's up, Happy Lifers? This is Steve-O. This is Tony. We're glad you joined us today. Uh, We got to talking after last week's podcast and decided we wanted to do another podcast. We felt like we kind of weren't done with that topic. Indeed, we weren't. Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) Still funny. Why is it funny? (laughs) I don't know. It just cracks me up. Um... (laughs) And I think I think a lot in a lot of ways that Christianity cracks the world up. I think the people look at Christianity it doesn't make sense to them. And I think sometimes, you know, I've I've gone to church my whole life. Um, I've been on staff at church most of my life. Well, a lot of my life I've been on staff at church. You know, I was on staff for for twelve years, and I still speak in churches. And so I hear this stuff an awful lot. But you know, we we kind of get butt hurt and go, I don't understand why they don't get it, why they don't want to show up. I'm tired of having this argument every Sunday. Get dressed. Well, we kind of do that. You know, we, 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 we're funny to the world in a lot of ways. The way we do things, it, it doesn't make sense to them. Of course, to be fair, I feel like there's a lot of things that doesn't make sense to my boys. Huh? You know, it doesn't make sense to my family what? until I explain it to them. Right. What we've got here is failure to communicate. And I think that's coming off the podcast from last week after Easter, uh, one of the things I had been thinking about as you and I had talked about these things is there's this concept of these weird words and phrases, this Christianese that we use that kind of separates us from the world to some degree. But the idea that sometimes the same thing separates us from the very people we're supposed to be in this Christian family with that, um, Sometimes it gives us room uh, to not be so vulnerable or to not be so honest. And um, I think that's hurtful within the structure. Interesting. So you'd say we would hide behind our language? Is that what you're saying? Definitely. Like, I think the biggest number one thing that, you know, I know I'm even guilty of saying, but you hear it all the time, you know, I'm going to pray for you. You know, that's just, that's the cap of, you know, when two Christians meet together and one of them shares something that's going on, and that's what somebody says, whether they're going to do that or not. And I'm not saying that they're not people that are genuine and and don't do that, but I, I can tell you many, many, many times I've said that without any intention or even thought of it again uh, when I've walked away from the conversation. And it's little things like that. So what bothers you about that is that, are you saying that it's not that people say, I'm going to pray with you. It's, it's that they're saying it like, how are you doing? And you don't really care about how someone's doing. They're just using it as words to end the conversation right. versus I really plan on talking to God about your situation. Exactly. And and I think we do a lot of those things within a in a church community where we say, I don't know. I'm I'm creative and from a creative background and have often felt rejected. My creativity and my gift has been rejected within the church. And I think a lot of church leadership has the need to self-protect and they use 
often use language to to protect from that and i think it protects from the creativity or from vision or wow. from thinking differently or even raising questions and and talking about things it can shut things down and you know the whole concept of god told me yeah i mean the lord we got an understanding we're on a mission from god you know that phrase can it, it should be normal but within a church setting, often it's dangerous because it's used to shut somebody else down so there's no conversation. Um, and I think often a lot of it comes back to fear, that we fear being told we're wrong or opening up a conversation or we're not spiritual enough or not whatever. Um, yeah. Instead of, you know, you know, say I'm going on a missions trip or as opposed to say I want to go on a missions trip versus God wants me to go on a missions trip. I don't. You know, I, I, there's many times I've probably said that myself, but I don't know if really that's what God wants. I know that I want it, but I would be afraid to say that because people aren't going to take it seriously or have a conversation about it. But if you, if you say God says it, there's no argument there. Right. How can I, if I, don't, I disagree with you and what God says, well, basically, okay, God said it. Right. I think you make a great point there. Like when, when I'm talking with someone and I'm sharing with them my vulnerability, my weakness, my, my fear, my anxiety, my pain, my discouragement, Bloom, despair, and agony whatever it may be, and they say, I'll pray for you, that just ends a conversation. That's what they're doing. I mean, when someone tells me that and I'm really opening up to them and say, well, I'll pray for you, I know that's my cue. It's like the man. When, when, when we do the man hug, right. when you get that two pats on the back, yeah. that means let go. <laughs> the, the hug is over. You know. And I think somehow that, that I'll pray for you is that double pat on the back. It's like, okay, conversation's over. I'm uncomfortable now. You know. I mean, I grew up in a church home. I was a preacher's kid. So you know, every Sunday morning that I can remember, we fought on the way to church because there was so much stress and pressure. We never went out to eat after church back then. We Mom always made a pot roast, you know, and so she had to have all the stuff ready for lunch by the time we came home before we left in the morning. We had to be there early because we're with, you know, we're part of the, the pastor family. My dad said that the second car is what saved their marriage, tongue in cheek, you know, he was joking around, but we got two cars and he could leave on his own. But I remember he's honking the horn. She's getting frustrated because she's trying to finish the roast and we're going to be late and, you know, and, and we fight all the way to church because it was just tremendous amount of pressure to try to get a family to church by 9 or 10 or 8 or whatever at time in the morning, you know. But the moment we got to church, how are you, brother? Well, I'm blessed. You know, you never say, how are you, brother, anywhere else in life. At least I don't. You know, it's just like we come no. to church and we – I don't like that. Like we morph into a different person. I, I, When I speak at a church or speak anywhere, I'm the same person – on the audience levels, I am on the stage level. Because I've just seen so many guys out there that speak for a living and speak in churches or camps, and they would morph themselves into this different character, like it was a, an art or a, a show or something. And once they stepped up on the stage, they would morph into this great, big, right. I don't know, personality, which is fine if you're that way off the stage. But I just have a pet peeve when we're somebody different at one place and different at another place. For instance... Have you ever taken any personality tests before? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I've heard that they tell you, I want you to take this test and I want you to think about being at work and take the test. Now I want you to take this test. I want you to think about when you're at home and take the test. Huh. If when you when you take the test thinking about home and you think about take the test thinking about work, they should be basically the same. There might be a little bit of difference there, but for the most part, they should be very close to each other. If they're different from each other, then they say, you're an unhappy person. In other words, you're faking it 
somewhere. And I'm not suggesting that everybody who goes to church is fake or that when everybody leaves church, they become fake. But I'm saying if, if we have to morph into a different character to hang out with God than we are in real life, we miss the whole point of why he came to earth in the first place. Exactly. And I think we do that with the way we dress. Right. You know, the way we smell, the way just, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's a lot of different and and that we do something different there than we do in regular life. I think that's hard. And I, you know, I thinking through this, you are one of the great examples. You're proof of some of this because your message is that we should interact with God like we do each other in the language we use and, and God should be every day and every moment and all the time. And that ends up scaring most pastors away from you. There's fear that there's there's this need to control and there's hmm. a, a defense that's that's needed to protect leadership within a church situation. Interesting, you know, because that <laughs> that cracks me up because I I would normally disagree with you that people are afraid of me, but I've had a good friend of mine that I've spoken for him when he was a youth pastor. I've spoken for him when he was an associate pastor. I've spoken at his church when he became a senior pastor. I've spoken to him at different churches and stuff. And one day he told me, he said, Steve, you used to scare me. <laughs> I said, I did. And he says, yeah, you still do. And I'm like, I do. And that just, if he wouldn't have told me that, I'd never believe what you just said because I'm a fun guy. I'm a nice guy. I'm a fun guy. I, I, I like to be a fun guy. When I go to a church to speak, I ask God, God, what do you want to share with them? And I try to share that. And it's always a good uplifting message. So the fact that I would scare anybody kind of, <laughs> <laughs> kind of, it, it's funny to me, but then again, you know, Jesus kind of scared people too. And he was a nice guy too. Yeah. You know, it just cracks me up how we've turned this thing into something more complicated than it needs to be. I think we've kind of gotten in the way. There's no doubt about that. Ultimately, I think it can be summed up that we desire safety more than anything. And I think of that Narnia quote. After all, he's not a tame lion. But he is good. I'm not safe. I'm good. It's two different things. And I think that one of the big misnomers is that as Christians, we're supposed to be safe. And I, I think safety sometimes, it can, it's very controlling to create a safe situation. And I think that's a scary thing. And I don't think that we're called as, as God followers to, to work on being safe. And that, that concept of safety is way overwrought within a church. You don't hear it a lot, but I think it's, there's too much of it. No doubt. Right. There's a quote by um, in in the book Irresistible Revolution, I think it was, by Shane Claiborne that just says, you know, people tiptoe through life just to arrive at death safely. <laughs> but don't tiptoe. Run, hop, skip, jump, dance. But don't tiptoe. And I think God wants us to live an adventurous, crazy, maybe even scary life in some ways. I mean, we always talk about sanctuary means a safe place, but safe to whom? Right. That's a question. What's safe to you isn't what's necessarily safe to me. It's God's safe place. God is safe. But he always calls us to places that are scary, that are tough, because God wants to help people. He wants to go in those places and, and do things for people. And, and that's why he sent us out to a very unsafe place in a lot of ways. We go out in the world because he says, be in the world. You don't have to be of it, but I want you to be in the world. Light doesn't do any good in a lit room. Light shows its light the most when it's around darkness. And God wants us to shine our light. He wants us to be our integral, true selves everywhere we go so he can speak to us 
when we're getting our hair cut or when we're on our way to school. So he can speak to us when we're taking a nap on the couch, if you get, get that luxury, you know, or when we're sitting behind our desk. So he can speak to us when we're talking with our spouse or we're having something to eat with our family. He wants to speak to us 24-7. He wants us to acknowledge him in all of our ways, not just in some of them. And I think that's the part that kind of, you know, frustrates me is that we've turned this into something that he never intended it to be. Right. Well, I, I think we're trying to be safe from the wrong things often, too. Good point. Like, we we so, you know, at one time it was playing cards or going to movies. There's always, in different generations, It's uh, some people would say we lessen up on what we think sin is, but I don't think that's says. I think we lessen up on what we think we need to defend ourselves against. And I think one of the top things that if we'd stop defending ourselves against honest, creative, vulnerable relationships, that's what Jesus is all about. He never defended himself against even bad relationships. He walked into them. He knew things wouldn't end well. He walked right into that. And we typically will not do that as Christians. And I think that language is one of the things that self-protects us from those situations. And it's often we're looking out in the horizon for things that could possibly hurt us, but it's the very thing that we're not doing together that's really killing us, and it's really the disease we need to get rid of. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Yes, indeed. So, so, Tony, how do we get rid of that? Yes, indeed. Well, I, I really believe that, you know, authentic, vulnerable relationships that are honest and um, are able, and, you know, if we create a safe sanctuary for people to put all their stuff out on the table and we can help each other. I mean, we leave ourselves defenseless when we don't speak up and talk about the the biggest problems I have in life. If I try to face them alone, they will kill me. But if I invite others, if I invite you, Steve-O, and any of my other friends and people I meet in on that, I'll never be alone and, and I'll be loved and I can make it through those things to the other side. I think that's what ends it. And I think self-protection goes away if we fight to have those kind of relationships and and be able to have that honest you know talk back and forth on a daily and regular basis it just becomes normal wouldn't that be incredible right right you know we need to add a verse to the song what doesn't kill you makes you stronger (laughs) but it's not going to kill you if you're able to have that environment that you talk about where you can put it on the table and say, I am really scared. I'm really angry. I'm really in trouble. I did something stupid or something scary happened to me that was even out of my control. Um, But if you can't put that on the table, then it will kill you and it will not make you stronger. Uh, You know, I think sometimes you listen to that song and it makes us feel like, okay, I got to be strong. It's not going to kill me. It's going to make me stronger. But God made us to be a part of each other's lives so that we can help each other through that. So those things don't destroy us and happy lifer that's why we're so happy that you're a part of this podcast and we're a part of the same community where we're just trying to include god in everyday situations and not make him some spooky thing some grandpa 
uh, that forgets about us a million miles away, some God in a throne that's angry with us, that, that's got the ruler out ready to whack our hands, or has got his book out and he's writing down all our mistakes. And and God came to hev- from heaven to earth as a human being. That's the story of Easter, you know. And during this Easter season, it's a couple weeks past now, but um, the whole point of that is he became down as a, as a baby, and then he, he died a brutal death because he wants us to be with him 24-7. He wants to help us in our everyday life. And oftentimes, most of the time, he sends people in our life to help us with that. But if we keep hiding behind indeed and bless you, brother, and I'm not saying that every time someone says the word indeed or bless you, brother, they're trying to hide behind something, but I am saying that oftentimes they do. And uh, so when someone says something to you, somebody tells you something that's really horrible or terrible. I've had one of my closest and dearest friends uh, just told me that uh, he has cancer and I could say, I'll pray for you and walk away, or I could say, man, that sucks, and I could put my arm around them and cry with them and, you know, walk daily through it with them, and um, let's talk about the reality of it, because, you know, suffering is hard and painful, and um, but what makes it bearable is walking through it together, and and when two of us are doing that and God's in it, then it, it can be okay in the end, and I think that's ultimately what we want. Then it will make you stronger. Right, it will. I think the process makes you stronger. Yes, that's the truth. It is a process, and it's working through it, not just getting rid of it, but the process of getting rid of it. And I think to me, instead of, if you, if you really feel like you need to say, I'll pray for you, because there's nothing wrong with telling somebody you're going to pray for them. Yeah. But don't make that the statement that ends the conversation. Wait until they're walking away. Wait till you're going on. Well, I need to get going. Okay. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. So don't make that the thing that ends the conversation. Let the conversation end on its own and then say, oh, by the way, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Right. And and what about, in you know, we do these repetitive things. He has risen. Indeed, we say, you know, why not have a conversation yeah. about that? Why is it so one-sided? Why is it somebody shouting down from a stage to all of us in lines of chairs? Why don't we turn our chairs towards each other and talk about the fact that God has risen and the incredible power and love that, you know, has created that situation and how it affects us on a d- daily basis. And, you know, those are the things to me, we, we got to get away from the cliche way of, having relationships and we accept something so much less than what we deserve and what God wants for us. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Make someone happy. Make just one someone happy and you will be happy too. Thank you so much for listening. I think we gave you enough to think about there for a while. Happy lifer. Thanks for being a part of this community. You help make us stronger. Steve Ace.